Welcome back to another podcast of Sundays with Jeff Miller. It is a great day to look forward to, really. I mean, honestly, aren't you excited? The NFL draft is here. We're not going to have like 27 picks at number two or number seven. We're going to get down to the nitty gritty. We're going to find out how these teams are built. We can start building our fantasy options and coming up with what we want to try to focus on as individuals in our fantasy football leagues. It's pretty exciting time. I think it's kind of fun to see, you know, possibly who's going to have an effect on each individual team. And talking about effects, what is going on in the NFL with wide receivers? Or is it wide backs? I'm not sure what the term is anymore, but I think it's wide receivers. But the wide receiver market It is currently out of control. I mean, since Devontae Adams was traded to the Las Vegas Raiders uh, and gets $28.5 million per year, and then Tyreek Hill gets traded to Miami and gets $30 million per year, shortly thereafter, Stephon Diggs re-signs with Buffalo and gets $24 million per year, and then Mike Williams from the LA Chargers, he's at $20 million per year, Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay, gets $20 million per year. And then the guy who really started this whole offseason for all the wide receivers to start cashing in, Christian Kirk, gets $18 million a year. I'm just not sure what these teams are thinking. I mean, is Tyreek Hill worth $30 million a year? Is, is Devontae Adams worth $28.5 million per year? I'm not so sure that I can agree with that. And now, now we have A.J. Brown from Tennessee, uh, Debo Samuel from San Francisco, Terry McLaurin from Washington. They all three want to get paid. Uh, Debo Samuel wants to get traded. He does not want to be a wide receiver in San Francisco. He wants to go somewhere else. And there are options out there. But Really, Debo, you you haven't done that much in the NFL. I mean, you had one good season. And if they wouldn't have allowed you to run the ball and score eight touchdowns, you really had a very mediocre wide receiver season. So I'm not really sure what he's thinking. But sure enough, somebody's probably going to give this guy 25 or $30 million a year. And he'll be injured for eight games and, and not play. And I'm just not sure. But the one thing that three of those receivers, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, and Terry McLaurin all have in common is they were all selected in um, 2019 in the NFC Draft. Uh, and they were all taken in the first round um or wait, none of them were taken in the first round. I'm sorry. They were all given four-year rookie deals, and they all expire following the 2022 season. Now, all three of these guys make less than $4 million in 2022. So I understand, you know, they feel their value is more than the $4 million, but you were pretty happy to take the money up until this point. And to be honest, all three of you have been a little bit erratic, and all three of you have been faced with injuries that have caused some of that erraticness yourself. So honestly, of those three, I think Terry McLaurin's probably been the most healthiest uh, receiver and probably could get a boost in pay if he was to leave Washington. I'm not sure he's going to get it in Washington. But the market rate deals um, are currently in the 20 to $30 million range for 
NFL wide receivers in those situations. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about, what that really represents. Now, Debo Samuel, he wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL. And he has demanded a trade from San Francisco. And he is looking at the $30 million plus per year range. Now, Debo Samuel, um, again, quality season. 2021, he was fantastic, to be honest. And since the NFL and the AFL merger back in 1970, only 99 players had 1,400-plus receiving yards in a season. 663 instances... um, I'm sorry, 631 instances of a player having eight-plus rushing TDs in a season, but there's only been one instance of a player having both in the same season, and you guessed it, that's Debo Samuel, 2021. Now, he has been good, but if you go back and look at his last three seasons, in the NFL, he played 16 games this year, and he scored 342.9 fantasy points. Um, round two is, or I mean, um, his standard ranking is two. His PPR ranking is three. He had 120 targets, 77 receptions, which percentage-wise, that that's not that's not superstardom rate, right? That's not that's okay. But 77 receptions on 120 targets is not necessarily prime um, real estate, right? 1,405 yards, and then he had six TDs, and then eight rushing TDs for a total of 14. So the opportunity really came and presented itself. I mean, 1,405 is nice is nice yardage. Um, but only six receiving TDs. 2020, he only played seven games, 80.7 fantasy points. Um, His ranking in a standard league for that year was 97. His PPR was 96. He had 44 targets, 33 receptions, and only 391 yards, and guess what? Only one touchdown. And then if you look at his 2019 stats, he played 15 games. One less game, than last year, but he only had 190.1 fantasy points, and his ranking in standard leagues was 28-32 for a PPR status. He had 81 targets, 57 receptions. Again, nothing extreme there for a wide receiver. Only 802 yards, three touchdowns uh, receiving, and he also did have three touchdowns rushing, so he ended up with six touchdowns. So His rushing yards in 2021, 365 uh, on 59 attempts. In 2020, he had 26 yards on 8 attempts. And then in 19, he had 115 yards, 59 yards on 14 attempts. So, you know, like I said, uh, pretty good last year, but. There's a but there. And then let's compare him just a little bit to the other two guys. So he wants to be paid in that $30 million range. And you got Devontae Adams, who last year had 344.3 points, which was number two in PPR. So he was two. Debo was three. Um, And then in 2020... He played 14 games, had actually 359.4 
fantasy points and was ranked number one. Now, his yardage total in 21 was 1,553 with 11 touchdowns. And then 2020, he had 1,374 yards and 18 touchdowns. Um, I don't think you could compare the two receivers. I think Devontae Adams, hands down, is worth more money than Debo Samuel. And how about Tyreek Hill or even Stefan Diggs? Both of those guys, um, Tyreek Hill, 17 games last year. Stefan Diggs, 17. Uh, Tyreek Hill had 297.5 fantasy points. Stefan Diggs, 285.5 points. Six ranked PPR for Tyreek Hill, seventh in PPR for Stefan Diggs, 1,225 yards. Uh, for Stefan Diggs, 1,239 yards for Tyree Kill, and then 10 touchdowns for Stefan Diggs and nine for Tyree Kill. And, that, and that's receiving, right? So from a receiving standpoint, both of those guys score more touchdowns uh, than, than Debo Samuel, but they don't have the rushing you know, yardage to back them up. So um, of those three there, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, again, do you do you rank Debo ahead of them? I, I don't. I think the performance from Diggs and Hill in 20 and 21 have been better than what the actual uh, Debo's done in his three years in the league. He's really only had one good year. Now, I know somebody's probably going to pay him, New York Jets, um, Speaking of the New York Jets, yes, teams that are possibly interested in Debo Samuel. So they come out with a list I saw the other day. There was five teams on the list. Green Bay, New Orleans, Detroit, the New York Jets, and then Kansas City. So I kind of went through and looked at each one of these, and I, I made a few notes. And, and here's my, my thoughts. You, you bear with me and see what you think. I'm just curious, really. am. Green Bay, I'm going to say they're a no. Green Bay is a no. They weren't willing to pay Devontae Adams 20 to 30 million. Well, I guess they wanted to give him 20, maybe 25, but definitely not 30, right? Why would they give Debo Samuel that amount? Why? I ask. I say no, they're not. They have picks number 22 and 28 in the first round, 53 and 59 in the second round. Granted, they could probably take a couple of those picks and trade them to San Francisco to get Debo, but then they're still going to have to pay that big contract. Green Bay doesn't want to pay that contract. Green Bay is going to go out. They may pair a couple of these picks to move up in the draft to take a receiver that they think is going to best suit their team, maybe a Garrett Wilson. I'm not going to say that that is Garrett Wilson. Or they might just sit put, and this is a wide receiver loaded draft coming up, and just take maybe, I see two of those four picks being wide receivers in Green Bay. I do. So they're out. They're not going to consider picking up Debo. Sorry, Debo. New Orleans next on my list, right? What do you think about them? Well, I give them a question mark. I, I'm not going to say yes, and I'm not going to say no. Um, but the quarterback is Jameis Winston. If you're Debo Samuel, do you want to go to New Orleans with Jameis Winston as the number one quarterback? Now, they also have a couple picks in the first round, 16 and 19. Um, they may be willing to give that up. But I also think New Orleans is they're cash strapped. Where are they going to come up with $30 million to pay Debo Samuel? They're not. So that question mark just became a no. No stands for New Orleans and no stands for 
Debo, sorry, you're not coming here. How about one of the teams I talk a lot about, Detroit Lions. Would I like to have Debo Samuel as a Detroit Lion? Yes. Do I think that Debo Samuel is worth as much as Jared Goff? No. Don't make me answer that question. Do I think Jared Goff is worth $30 million a year? No, we've talked about that. But the Lions are locked into that contract for 22 and 23. The Lions have some picks. They have the second pick in the draft. They have the 32nd pick in round one. They have the 34th pick in the draft in the second round. So they got three fairly nice picks right there. I am going to say that Detroit will pass on Debo for a couple reasons. The fact that they're locked into Goff is number one. Number two is the fact that, really, I don't think the Detroit Lions' new management team, Brad Holmes, is going to consider Debo a proven player, and he's not going to spend $30 million on him and $30 million on Goff currently with the state Detroit is in. So Detroit's not ready to make that kind of move. So they're going to keep their draft pick. So again, Debo, you're not going to Detroit. Kansas City, that's the other one. Kansas City. Tyreek Hill leaves. They don't want to pay him 20 to $30 million. So he goes and they trade him and they get some picks. They send him to Miami. And they have uh, pick number 29 and 30 in round one. And they have two more picks in, in, in the round two. And again, they could probably do the pick thing. But they weren't willing to pay Tyreek Hill. They're not going to be willing to pay Debo Samuel. So, again, it's a no. The only positive would be is if San Francisco did trade him to Kansas City. Kansas City's in the AFC and they wouldn't have to worry about that until the actual uh, playoffs begin, right? Quick pause. Got to get a little drink here. I'm getting a little dry. Hold on one sec. Ah, that's good. That's good. All right. New York Jets. Yes. New York Jets is where Debo will end up. Um, They have the money. They have the need. They need to have better targets for Zach Wilson. They have two picks in the top 10 and four out of the top 38. That's my choice. Debo is going to get his dream. San Francisco is going to give him up. And that's where he's going to go. He's going to be a New York Jet. And San Francisco is going to build with draft picks. So there you go. That's what's going to happen to him. So now we move on to the next phase of the show. And we're going to talk about a few more players that I have picked up. And because we're on the wide receiver subject, I decided that we would talk about draft base value again. So I'm going to take a quick pause. uh, Then I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about some wide receivers. We're going to talk about a few wide receivers and their draft base value in just a second. Sit tight. Okay, welcome back to... Sundays with Jeff Miller. And, you know, I, I feel to remember that I should give out my, my email address every once in a while. So here you go, Sundays uh, with Jeff Miller at gmail.com. You can send me any questions or any comments you might want to have. But we're, t- we're going to talk right now. We're going to go on to draft base value. We're going to talk about a few receivers, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, D. 
Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin for obvious reasons, and we're going to get to it. Uh, Devontae Adams is number one. He's a wide receiver, and he's going to currently play this year for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, over the last eight years, Devontae has had three complete seasons where he's been able to stay healthy. So that kind of knocks him down a few notches. Um, as far as receiving yards go, in 21, he was ranked number three. In, nine, in 2020, he was ranked fifth. And then in TDs in 21, he was ranked fifth. And then with 11. And then in, in 2020, he was number one with 18 touchdowns. So those are good stats for Devontae Adams. Those are positives. The last two years, he has played a combined 30 games. Uh, his snap percentage is right around 84. So that's a nice number to evaluate. His Flex ranking overall in 21 was number four. He had the fourth highest points. And when we talk flex rankings, I will remind you that I am talking about tight end quarterback and wide receiver, or not quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, and running back. Um, we take the quarterback out of that equation uh, because most team, most people, when they're drafting, are going to they're going to not really look at that because we all know the top 10 quarterbacks are usually number one anyway, right? It's rare for somebody else to pass that Cooper Cup. No. Uh, so let's move on from that. So that's that's some of the values he has. He has a new team, Las Vegas Raiders, new coach, Josh McDaniels. Uh, not crazy about that move for Devontae Adams. I'm not. He is a run-oriented coach. Uh, but he will be playing with a new quarterback, Derek Carr. He was uh, his quarterback in college, and they performed rather well together. Um, so I decided I would take a look at Derek Carr and um, who he would be throwing to as a WR1 on the team. So in, in 2021, Derek Carr... Uh, his number one receiver was Renfro, Hunter Renfro, and he ranked 16th in flex rankings and number 10 at the position of wide receiver. His number one receiver in 2020 was Darren Waller. He ranked 10th in the flex position, okay? And then in 2019, Waller was uh, his, his number one receiver and he ranked 35th in flex rankings. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. So uh, Carter, Derek Carr to Hunter Renfro last year had 10 games that he saw eight plus targets. That was in 2021. And he had 128 total targets. And then Darren Waller um, had nine games at eight plus targets in 2020, but he had 146 total targets. So I was wanting to look at that because you just got to kind of figure that I'm assuming that Devontae Adams takes over the number one target guy this year, but it could just get washed out. Maybe they end up with two or three of them all in that 100 to 120 range, and probably two of them, but we're not sure which two it could be, right? Uh, it would depend on health and other factors. So my draft-based value for Devontae Adams going into next year's draft um, is going to be 13. That's my my high-end rank. I would say at 13, you're going to get a good value for him. Um, and that's in his position ranking. Okay, that would be... And then his flex ranking for me would be um, 16. And I, and I know some people are going to think that's low, but I'm not sure 
the fact that you really can't look at a receiver that's played with Carr ever um, that's finished that high. I mean, ranking-wise, right? So I am a little bit concerned. I mean, Renfro was ranked 16th, flex 10 last year at the wide receiver position. So I think because the three guys are so good, it kind of gets washed a little bit. And the fact that Josh McDaniels is a run-oriented coach, he if he gets the lead, he's going to slam the ball at you, run the clock out, and take the win and go home. So I'm dropping Devontae Adams a wee bit from his usual spot um, in rankings for wide receivers. So there you go. My next one is A.J. Brown. He's a wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. Um and when I look at his draft base value, his um, average draft position in current mocks is uh, seventh, and then uh, his position in 20th overall. I'm not that high on A.J. Brown. He's the wide receiver in Tennessee. In three years, his number one production was in 2020 for 14 games, 248.5 points. It ranked him 12th by position, 21 in flex, and he played 81% of the snaps. The other two years, he came in at 61% and 68% and 180 fantasy points in 217. So overall... Position rank-wise over a three-year period, he falls in almost a 22 range, but he's getting drafted much higher than that. And his flex ranking, he falls in the 40 range, and he's being drafted much higher than that. I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, Ryan Tannehill has not been that successful as a quarterback throwing the ball down the field. They added Robert Woods, which you know could help, could hurt, right? Could help, could hurt. And then they also added Austin Hooper at tight end. And again, it could help, could hurt. I just see the ball being spread around a little more. So A.J. Brown for me, his draft base value top end in his position for me is 22 this year. 22. And I also think his average draft position at best, if you want to be successful, is going to be number 40. If you can get him in the 40 range um, and down, I think you're okay. I don't think it's great. I just think it's okay. I think there's other players you might be able to grab that might might be a little better in that area. Because, I mean, let's face it, at number 40, you're looking in a 12-team league you're in the middle of the third round, and in a 10-team league, you're looking at the tail end or the beginning of the fifth round, right? So tail end of the fourth, beginning of the fifth. So there you go. That is A.J. Brown. Now, my other player is Terry McLaurin, wide receiver for Washington. Had to get him in here because he also wants a new contract. Um, again, you know, his average draft position from a, from a flex standpoint in 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 mock drafts so far is like 39. His position ranking is 14. So from, you know, overall flex position, 39, receiver number 14. Um, the good thing about Terry McLaurin, he plays a lot of snaps. You know, in three years in the league, he's been at 90, 93, and 82. That's nice. Um, his position rank overall falls right in the middle, 25. Between 20 and 30, he's number 25 in his position rank. His flex rank is 42. So taking a look at Terry McLaurin in his three years in the league, last year he played in every game, 17, and he had 213 fantasy points, uh, which ranked him 26th in position 
and a flex ranking of 40. So what's changed for Terry McLaurin that makes me feel good about him? Well, he does have a new quarterback, and that is Wentz. Carson Wentz goes to Washington. Does it help him or not? Well, Wentz to Pittman for the Colts last year produced 239 fantasy points, would be a, which would be a high for Terry McLaurin. That would be a high for him. Position rank-wise, Pittman ranked number 17. And he had seven games with eight-plus targets. That's Michael Pittman with Wentz. Um, McLaurin's targets in two in 2021, um, he had seven and eight. And then in 2020, he had 10 plus eight. So in 2021, seven plus eight. In 2020, 10 plus eight. And then in 2019, he only had four games with plus eight targets. So it will be interesting to see how it plays out. But my draft base value for Terry McLaurin currently um, is number 22. 22 is his position rank. And if you're going to draft him, I'm going to draft him towards the end of the fourth, uh, end of the or even, you know, fifth, four, number 47. That's what I gave him. Number 47. If you're drafting him before that, you might be setting yourself up for um, failure. Yeah, that's what it is. Because I just don't think he's worth it. And I don't think Carson Wentz is going to improve that much. So we're going to move on from there. And we're going to take a look at our last player, which is Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is currently the wide receiver in San Francisco, but you know where he's going now. He's going to be a Jet, right? Yeah. So we're just going to talk about last year for him. 16 games, 343 fantasy points. Position rank number three. Flex rank number five. He played 81% of the snaps. His average um, draft value, his average position draft value currently in, in mock drafts is number eight at the position and number 20 in the flex, which I think is, is very high in, in both cases. Um, don't forget, he's going to have Lance next year, not Garoppolo. So what effect is that going to have on Debo, even if he stays in San Francisco? Well, one, uh, Lance didn't really throw the ball well as a quarterback in the, in the few spotted moments he got to play. He did run the ball more. So I think in a way that kind of hurts Debo. So he's not going to have Garoppolo unless Garoppolo sticks around and Lance gets hurt. Lance is going to take off and run the ball. So last year, Debo had eight rushing touchdowns, but in 2020, he had one. And then 2019, he had a combined, oh, he had three rushing touchdowns. I see the number being more like two or three next year than the eight, which means his fantasy points drop. Um, and Debo only had one rushing touchdown with Trey Lance on the field last year. I know he wasn't on the field that much, but that's where he came in at. So I think that number drops. I think Debo's value drops. My draft base value for Debo Samuel starting this year is, I'm saying pick 20 for his position. Pick 20. Um, ahead of McLaurin, who I said was 22. And overall, Debo Samuel, if it... I, you know, at, yeah, at 42, he could win you your league. But if you're grabbing him up at number 20 in a flex position draft, it's probably not going to win your league. That's not going to help you win your league. So that's what I'm going to recommend. Debo Samuel, 20 position rank, 20 best wide receiver, 42 overall. And that's what I have for you today. So 
Hope you enjoyed that. We'll get some more information out. I am hoping to squeeze in one more podcast before the draft on Thursday or early Thursday so you can listen to it. And I'm going to I'm gonna get to it. I want to talk a little bit about the Detroit Lions picking at number two and what kind of a reflection we have on the value of that number two pick in, in, the, in the history of the NFL draft. I want to kind of do a little review on that for you. So a little bit more just about drafting. We're not going to do any more draft-based value players this week, uh, but we're going to try to get that episode out to you, and hopefully you will enjoy that. So that's it for today. It's been a treat. I really, really enjoy doing this. I hope you enjoy it, and I want to just share, you know, to remind you that life is for the living. Get out there and live and love your neighbor. Be friendly, have fun, all those things. And that's it for today. Bye.